This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, and I'm here in Bentonville, Arkansas at our global office. And I'm here with uh, your favorite guy, uh, Rocky Fleming, our founder, is back with us. Hey, oh, Rocky. Good. Glad to be here. <laughs> uh, I told Rocky, a lot of people have been asking me, how's Rocky? How's Rocky? And uh, we, I, sorry if we didn't put up enough communications out there on his progress, but uh, he's doing well. And Rocky, we want to hear uh, today little report on how you're doing and kind of sure. maybe what happened and as much as you want to yeah. share, because uh, I think you're always an open book about... And an open heart now. And an open heart. <laughs> there you go. We need a little... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, Rocky, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we share these podcasts out of out of our own life experience and things we're seeing, and then we yeah. try to tie it into what we understand about God's Word yeah, and what yeah. His Spirit is teaching us and all that. So uh, I'm sure God's downloaded some things to you in the last month or so. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. so why don't you t- tell a little bit about kind of what happened and the experience, and, and then we'll go from there. Well, three weeks ago today, I had open-heart surgery. And uh, uh, a couple of days before that, I they had discovered a, I had a slight heart attack. And when they did the... The uh, blood work, they, they saw heart enzymes that said that the heart had had some kind of distress. And then they did the uh, cartherization of your arteries to, of the heart and and, uh, and found that, that I had two completely blocked arteries. Hmm. And, uh, and it actually, the doctor said it was interesting because I should have been showing a lot more symptoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had 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 a twelve mile a bike ride that day. It's an e bike, so it wasn't it wasn't as dynamic as you think. But I was pedaling the whole time. And he said I should have been laying on the ground with pain, mm. and I didn't. I felt just a little bit, and so so that was probably the problem. I've had symptoms for a long time that I didn't identify with uh, the fact that I had a possible heart situation. Mm. And uh, at 77 years old, you ask the question, is this aging or is this, you know, part of something going on? And I, I didn't address it, honestly. It just felt like that. Just keep trucking. And, uh, and also feeling wrapped up in the, the safety and security and sovereignty of God. Mm. Maybe not be that concerned about it. And when it came down to it, and we found that I had such blockage, I was told that I could probably have died at any minute. Mm. Could have happened any time. But it told me that God was protecting me, getting me to the surgery so that that would be uh, addressing the issue, and it did. Mm. Uh, it, uh, when, they, when they did the bypass uh, and then they restarted my heart and started measuring the pumping of it, the, 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 the heart was completely up to... 100% capacity at that point. Mm. Uh, there was no damage to the heart, which was something that you had to be concerned about. Mm-hmm. And so it's flowing, and uh, I'm walking about a mile a day now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think I'm probably progressively ahead of most at this time. Had a good surgery, a good, great surgeon, a young man that I've been mentoring for a good while, a young man that I knew when he was a child. 
Mm. And his father was a good friend of mine. So, you know, it was a great deal from that standpoint. Our three children uh, came in from all over the country and were here to take care of Sally and me. And having them there, uh, running interference was another special blessing. So the blessing of a young man who I love doing the surgery and then my children being there on point uh, wrapped me up. In a lot of love. So during that whole thing, I, I, I had a wonderful uh, experience. Mm-hmm. Um, surgery was, you know, whenever you have your, your, your rib cage cracked open, there's obviously some pain involved with that. And, yeah. And the coughing that comes out of it and the pain from that, that's just part of it. But other than that, I'd say that I, I've weathered it quite well. Yeah, I think I saw you the day before your surgery, and and I walked in and and uh, just pleasantly surprised to see you sitting in the chair, and you were you were ministering to one of the young uh, nursing assistant nurse yeah. assistant or whatever assistant to the doctor, and uh, someone you knew from uh, your church, and who I think she'd led a Bible study of your daughter years ago. Oh yeah, so. yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you, and you were just having a great. God conversation mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, you know, and, and you said this is our executive director, and she goes, "Oh, you guys must have some very important things to talk about." And you're like, "No, we're just going to chat. And uh-huh. He's going to pray for me." <laughs> yeah, I mean that is the important thing, right? <laughs> yeah, you know it's just funny how people think about things, and uh, I guess the point is you had a lot of peace that you know up to yeah, totally up to the surgery. I had yeah. peace before it. I think that I think you go into situations like this. Either with a dread that, that, okay, this might end my life or a joy and knowing that if that's how God chooses to end my life, then that means I'm going to heaven. Yeah. And, uh, and I think when you get that secure in your, in your thinking, it, it really helps you learn, learn how to live life. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because um, as a result of the, the surgery, I've been forced to lie down in green pastures. Right. Still waters. That's right. He makes me lie down. <laughs> he makes me lie down. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I had I had some things on my on my calendar that was creating uh, weekly meetings that were that was going to create some rigidity in my schedule. It didn't give me a lot of flexibility, and and I'd hope to be able to have a little bit more flexibility to, to have some more time with my family and. And to do some other things that we had put off. And, you know, Les Piercy asked me last October, he says, I've been hearing you say for years that one of these days you're going to do something that's 77 years old. When is one of these days going to happen? Yeah. yeah. I said, well, <laughs> let me think about it. So I had the heart attack and the surgery, and I was able to think about it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and it did create margin. And it's interesting because one day I woke up and I heard that scripture I just thought of it, you know, the scripture that you've you've probably remember. It's behold, I'm doing a new thing. Mm-hmm. And is that Jeremiah? Isaiah. Oh, Isaiah. Yeah. 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 And uh, and and I took it to heart that God is doing a new thing. It was a thrill, actually. And it, and it gave me an opportunity to reboot uh, and to look at. Okay, I I have things that are forcibly taken off of my calendar now that I could not say no to before. Hmm. But now I was put in a position that I, that I had to say no to. Hmm. And in essence, it gives me the whole summer to recover. Physically, uh, uh, yes, of course. And to get into physical therapy, which would be necessary 
but also to be able to kind of to get a new rhythm this summer with uh, some things that I think will relate to ministry as I re-enter in the fall. I think that that God is going to take me more into some strategic areas that will use the gifts and the things that He's given me to use. I don't mm-hmm. think He ever wastes those things. He doesn't even waste our tears or time like this. He He uses them to build on if we'll let Him. And I've chosen to do that. Mm. I've chosen to look at this as a God intervention, uh, a, a a forced reboot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time to listen, and it's time to uh, be prepared for what lies ahead, and something lies ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, I've made a commitment for the rest of my life. I plan on making disciples. Yeah. And um, and I will gladly be joining influencers in its mission. Now, what capacity? I, I don't know. That's okay. I don't have to know that. Uh, it doesn't have to be a certain thing. It has it has to be where God would want me be there to be there and what to do. And and I fully believe that He He will prepare the way. Mm-hmm. And this is strategic. I think that this is part of that preparing the way. Well, and you sent me, uh, you or you told me that, that you were reading an Oswald Chambers devotional the other day, and it, mm-hmm. it was just talking about being all in, yeah. you know, and it kind of reminded you of, I mean, you feel like you're all in to the end. I mean, yeah, but it doesn't have, yeah, you don't know what it's going to look like. Um, mm-hmm. It's just one day at a time. You know, God, what do you, I know what personal abandonment and absolute trust is. Yeah, it is. And it's a daily walk, Brian. Mm-hmm. I think we, we tend toward thinking that we have to have too much insight into our future. Yeah. And and we typically feel like that I need to know God's will for my life so that I'll go and walk in it. Well, well let me tell you how you know God's will for you. If you'll abide with him, you are walking in it. Yeah. And he will walk you right where he wants you to be at any given time. And you'll be right on time and you will be prepared to do that, which is his bidding. Mm-hmm. And this is where we find the greatest optimization of our ministry mm-hmm. is in the unhindered abiding walk with him daily we don't have to force it just walk with him mm-hmm. and i've already been given opportunities i've given opportunities when i was taking by ambulance and had the two young women that were there they were able to minister to them and to the nurses and various other people because it's, it's just a matter of you share what's in your heart you don't force it you're not proving anything you're just living it out Mm-hmm. I was, I was, I'm taking a new group through the Journey of the Inner Chamber uh, discussion guide, and we're getting ready to go into a group this fall. But we're doing the preview right now, mm-hmm. and I was just uh, reflecting on that one part in the Journey of the Inner Chamber where it talks about um, exercise, nutrition, exercise, and rest. Right. And uh, and I think I think a lot of people neglect the nutrition. Right. They're not yeah. in God's Word, perhaps. Um, the trials are going to come. The exercise yeah. is going to come whether They're you like it or here. not. Yeah. And then definitely people neglect the rest, yeah. I think. They don't They don't rest. They don't take time to reflect. meditate, reflect, and and even slow down a little bit mm-hmm. at times. You know, we are so driven in this world, you know. Uh, what would you say about that? And doesn't that apply here? Does oh, yeah. The, 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 the cycles that you're, you're speaking of is the way the Holy Spirit coaches us. Uh-huh. I mean, he allows trials in our life. Yeah. 
And the trials are not to cause us to fail. They're to help us learn how to succeed. Mm -hmm. You know, James talks about trials, how they create perseverance and faith, which does not disappoint. And so God allows trials just like a good coach would allow training for their players to get them ready for games. Mm -hmm. But a good player can't do anything with that with with their, their test on the field unless they have the nutrition. Mm -hmm. And then after it's all said and done, if they don't rest, then they're not going to be able to restore. And so the work of the Spirit is to, you know, encourage us into His Word and then to make the Word applicable in our life with the trials that come along. This is where we apply yeah, yeah. what we've learned. That's right. And then when we see Him come and be faithful to what He says He'll do, it gives us relief, mm -hmm. a, a time of enjoyment of having that behind us. That's the rest. Now, there are times that we will get into a cycle of push, 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 push. We just, it might be our discipline. It might be our, with me, I guess that's what was happening. You know, I yeah. had my schedules and the schedules were important because it's, you know, I am in full-time ministry. I'm still working. So, you know, that's on my calendar. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I feel like the Lord said, no, I'm going to reboot you here for a while. Mm -hmm. Take that off your calendar. And when we get back on the calendar, we're going to do some different things. I don't know what they are, mm -hmm. but I believe that uh, I believe there are times when we get so driven that we don't tend toward listening, mm -hmm. and he and he has to force us to lie down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, the advice I would give you is to frequently get away and have time with him. Take your Bible. I like to go to a stream and put my feet in it. Take my journal. Take uh, you know, take my ear earphones and listen to some music. But I just like to to just go and have a nurturing experience with him. And I find that refreshes my soul. And if I do that frequently, I tend towards staying in balance. But when I when I forget that and I and I get into a trend of just staying with it, staying with it, staying with it, but, but neglecting that. He has to oftentimes intercede, which is good. I'm glad he does that. I'm asking him to do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had, uh, I had a friend who was a surgeon, and he was always pouring out and all that, but busy is great, you know, all the time. And he, he had an affliction on his foot, and it put him on his back, and he couldn't, and he was just going crazy at yeah, first, yeah, you know, because yeah. he didn't. He couldn't. He wasn't used to laying down and being still, and and he finally realized God was just trying to tell him just to chill out, relax. Let me let me minister to you. Enjoy me for a little bit. It's okay. Well, see, that's exactly what happened when I when I felt that encouragement. Behold, I'm doing a new thing, mm -hmm. and it just a a word to my spoke in my heart that tell me that He has a plan, and this is His plan. Mm -hmm. And I'm not one to give myself permission to rest, right? To take a nap in the afternoon, just don't do it. I mean, if I do it, I don't, you know, I don't feel right about doing it. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel right about doing it now. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying having my afternoon nap. In fact, I need it. <laughs> but uh, and I think that that that's again a part of the restoration process, mm -hmm. a physical restoration. But it's it's interesting how that operates into the mental and the spiritual as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things that you see in the ministry right now that are exciting you about the future? 
Well, of course, the ministry itself is exciting to watch the advancement of journey groups throughout the world that's going on, the leaders that are being raised up, the newly developing women's ministry, uh, the training programs that we're having, the mentoring uh, training that we're having. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just seeing the enthusiasm, I, I, I think that the thing that thrills me the most is to hear uh, people, even like our early, our early morning prayer time this morning, there was a young man on there that I didn't, I didn't not heard him before, but he was testifying about the, the dynamics of his relationship with Christ, the abiding relationship, how that was working into his life, how it was influencing his family and other people around him. And, and I hear that and I say, yep, he's got the real deal. That's mm-hmm. the DNA. Mm-hmm. And so when I hear those things and see those things, and they're not just here, they're all over the world. When I see that, hear that, then it encourages me that the DNA is really reproducing, mm-hmm. that the heart of what this ministry is all about is happening. Mm-hmm. And that's what I get encouraged about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, I do have some discouragements, and I, and I don't know how that's going to play into it. But, you know... I'm probably getting to a point that I realize that the ways of the world right now are so bizarrely bizarre, Mm -hmm. quite frankly, evil. Yeah. I have never seen anything that is so clear as wrong being right and right being wrong Mm -hmm. as it is in this country, at least by many people in this country that have the, the press and media to be able to propagate their their words. But all over the world, we see in that as well, not just here. And, and it's almost like I'm seeing a deterioration in society. And, and, and the discouraging thing is I don't see anything very encouraging that this will lead to. But... My heart is not as much toward that. In fact, it's really turned from that and it's turning toward the church. Mm. And when I'm talking about the church, I'm talking about the body of Christ. I'm talking about the Baptists and the Catholics and the Methodists and the Presbyterians and the Pentecostals. I'm talking about the independents. I'm talking about all the Christians, people who identify with Christ. And that is what we have in common is our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You can take all of the differences and put them aside. Mm-hmm. The differences of the way we worship or you know, the methodology of how we do that, some of the methodology that we think is really important. Put all that aside and let's get together with what is common. And no matter our color or our culture or our denomination, that which is common is the absolute dependence that we have on Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. No other way. We have no other way to God except through Jesus. Yeah. And when we, when we accept that, that automatically makes us brothers and sisters in the family of God. Mm-hmm. And the burden I have is that I, is that I feel like the brothers and sisters in the body of Christ have got to begin to see ourselves that way and to be unified that way. 
and come together that way. Mm -hmm. And I think that we are entering into an age that if we do not, then that division will divert us from our purpose and it will create havoc and it will hurt us. Yeah. But if, if we create unity within the body of Christ, bridge the denominational walls, the racial walls, the great divides, bridge them. Mm -hmm. Get the differences out of the way mm -hmm. and, and come to that which is in common. Then, then the church will rise up and be the church that God has made us for, yeah. especially for a day such as we live in now. Mm. I think that when I, you know, part of my story as Promise Keepers was the thing God used to grab hold of my heart when I was 30 years old. But the thing that was captivating was going into this huge football stadium and seeing men of all different races, all different theological backgrounds, all able to come together, you know, as one and worship Jesus together. Yeah. And, and, and there was just such a spirit of love and unity and all that. And it just felt like a picture of heaven or something. I mean, you know, something I'd never seen before because I see what you're talking about, the divisions between the denominations and I'm right, you're wrong, apologetics. I mean, all the politics, things, politics weaving its way or trying yeah, to weave its way. Yeah, in. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I recognized long ago that Satan was always trying to divide. And, and, and when I thought that, I thought, first of all, he's trying to divide each individual from God. Keep us from out of the word, keep mm -hmm. us from praying, keep us from going to church, whatever. But then secondly, he's trying to divide marriages. You see how he's, I mean, the divorce rate's so high. Oh, I mean, yeah. break, I mean, I hear about more and more people I know that I were good Christian marriages breaking up, you know, mm -hmm. it just breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. uh, dividing those people. And then you see how he's dividing parents from their kids right. in all different ways. And then, furthermore, dividing us as a country and as communities and churches. Well, the country, you know, that's one thing. But now let's just limit it to the church. Right, just the church, yeah. The visions within the church based on differences. Yeah. But we can bridge that if we will base it on what we have in common. Yeah. Our yeah. emphasis needs to be vertically oriented. It's about our relationship with him. Well, let me, let me what do you think God thinks about this? He's our, he's our father. We're his family. What do you think he thinks about this? Mm. Do you think he really cares about our politics? Mm -mm. Are those denominational differences that we think are so important? Yeah. Are the racial divides? What do you think he thinks about that? I think he's brokenhearted over it. Yeah. And we should feel his grief. I know I do. Yeah. And so that's the burden I feel like I have. And I don't know what that looks like as far as going forward. I'm just one man. I don't know what I can do, but I do know that God can do great things through one man if he's willing to let him. So I'm, I'm praying, what does that look like? You know, my mission is make disciples. It's very clear, make disciples. But I think also that ministry is a ministry to the kingdom of God. I think it's to the ministry. To the church, that is. And I think that you're going to have a hard time a disciple coming into an intimate relationship with Christ as long as there's adversarial feelings against other members in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. it's, going to create a, it's going to create a great hindrance. So when we start recognizing how we're hindering our relationships with each other, but most of all how we're hindering the intimacy that we have with God, then maybe we can begin to understand that we need to forfeit those things so we can grasp the treasure that's been offered to us.
Well, I've led 17 plus journey groups and, and they've always had mixed, you know, people from different denominations, mm-hmm. different churches. And I've, it's never been an issue. It's uh, Jesus has brought us together. Yeah. That, that pursuit of intimacy with him has brought us together. And, and then a, a brotherhood grows and a unity and a love for each other grows. And we never get off on all the, you know, what, what do we, where do we differ theologically and, and hang out on those things? We just never do. And the reason why is because we're very purposeful in the vertical orientation. Because we understand that it will go that way. It will go horizontal if if we don't guard it. And when it goes horizontal, it's going to focus on differences. Mm-hmm. And when those differences are focused on, then they're going to create divisions. That's what's happened in the in the in the church. And the answer though is vertical orientation. It's when we all come together with that that we have in common. And I would love to see Catholics and Protestants worshiping together. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see us, you know, letting down those guards against the people that we think are so off base. And let's just ask them, do you, what do you believe about Jesus? Mm-hmm. And let's focus on what they believe on about Jesus. And if he's Lord and Savior, if he is the way, the truth, and life, then that's enough for me mm-hmm. to worship with anybody. Yeah. Well, and God's given us this process we call the journey, which I believe is anointed by God because I think I've seen the fruit of it. I, mm-hmm. I've seen, you know, I, you know, you would never say that because you wrote the curriculum, but I, I think you would say that probably but because you know you didn't write it. God just downloaded right. it to yeah. you. And uh, it's never been about you. It's about this process. Right. But I've seen how Satan would just love He'd love for us to quit doing journey groups and just, you know, that, that was a good thing you guys did. That was a season, you know. Now, why don't you go to, go to something else, a little more graduate level uh, courses <laughs> or a journey to 2.0. Yeah. Or, you know, there's always these different ideas. And it's like, why can't we just stick to what works and just keep doing it? You know, keep reproducing it. Keep, you know, sharing it with other people because there's so many people who need to go through a journey group so they can understand these things and be set free, you know. It's a roadmap. That's all it is. A yeah. roadmap to, to intimacy with Christ. And, if, and it's there that life changes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's not about the map. It's not about the journey. Right. It's the destination of the journey. Yeah. And the reason why we keep doing it is because we keep taking people to the destination. Yeah. And now what happens to them after they go through that is hopefully they will they will embrace what all disciples should do, and that's to reach back and make disciples. Yeah, yeah. Now we encourage them there that to do that. They have a good vehicle for doing it by leading another journey group, mm-hmm. and not only uh, going deeper in their own walk, but also helping others. And as they do that, God equips them for leadership, and they start seeing a new aspect of how they have a personal ministry. Yeah. But even if they chose not to, to lead a journey group, uh, if they were able to take their spiritual gifts and wade into the to the their churches or the, their places of employment or wherever they live and just start living it out right there, uh, then then I think that then as far as I'm concerned, we've had a successful endeavor. We've gotten them into that place with they're listening and walking with Jesus and. And then he's directing their lives. And that's all we want him to do is yeah. get into that place. That's right. That's right. Jesus is the one who said, go make disciples. It wasn't us. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it might look different. It may not be a journey. It might be a, another way. But just everyone needs to think about, am I making disciples? And what does that look like for me? The, uh, the, the situation right now is critical. 
because I think that we have a problem with identity. A lot of a lot of people are struggling with their identity, mm-hmm. uh, and they're being preyed on, by the way, by special interest groups and trying to redefine them based on their political point of view. Uh, they go against science. They go against a lot of other things to try to tell them what they are when they're not. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with a mixed identity. They just don't know that. But but I have found this that when a Christian understands that they have been adopted by God, then their identity is sealed, mm-hmm. the child of God. Yeah. And and whatever their struggles it might be with their life in that relationship with him, he begins to conform them into Christ's likeness. Mm-hmm. And the old things passed behind them and the new things are ahead for them. And that's why we can take anyone, no matter what their life is like beforehand, and let them get to that place of intimacy through the Christ, and they'll find what they're looking for. Yeah. And I love how you told me one time we were talking about uh, Jesus, <clears throat> and you said he didn't require anybody to clean themselves up first and then come to him. He just said, come to me. Yeah. Come follow me. They could just come as they were. They were prostitutes. They were broken, they were, you know, sinners and whatever, you know, they just came to him and and then he started showing them the way. You know, I think some of the things that he spoke to the disciples about was in negative, it was don't forbid them from coming. Talking about the little children, right? Don't keep them from coming. And the Pharisees were condemning Jesus because he let a prostitute touch him. Yeah. Or being eating with a tax collector. I mean, they were unclean. They, he should not have been there with them, is what they were saying. Mm-hmm. And he gives us an example. That is, you know, his arms are open to all. But they didn't remain there. They didn't remain in what they were. They brought there. His love for them and unconditional love for them is what caused them to want to change. And I think that we have a, we, we, we tend toward thinking that we're the policemen and we think we got to change people. Believe me, if we can get them to where they have a love relationship with Christ, the conformity that will develop in their life is to conform. They will be conformed around Him. Yeah. And and He will do a mighty work in their life. We we don't need to hinder that. We need to encourage that. Yeah. And that's why we have to wade into some places and some situations that are disagreeable. Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily want to be there. Yeah. Discipleship is messy. Mm-hmm. And you get into people's lives, you get, get into some messy stuff. But we always know that the answer is going to be found in Christ and not in ourselves. That's right. So, you know, that's the world we're living in. It's getting worse. Yeah. But it just fuels the fire for us to keep doing what we're doing even more, I think. Oh, yeah. And, and, and Brian, we've got to pray for more people mm-hmm. to join this ministry because we're, we're seeing prisoners set free. Mm-hmm. They're being liberated. That's right. Um, all kind of mess. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think that we've seen a lot happen in the last 20 years. And probably the last year or two or three, it's exponentially yeah. going on. And I think we'll see more of that coming. But still, again, it's a drop in the bucket. And we're not, and, and you're not talking about actual inmates, although some of them are being set free yeah, too. You're yeah. talking about people just in bondage to sin and mm-hmm. bondage to false belief systems or whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, the world. The world. That's right. And um, the world of flesh and the devil. That's right. 
But the point being is that there is some form of bondage. There's all kind of slavery, mm -hmm. chains of slavery that, that addicts us and, and fastens us to a, a world that is in topsy-turvy. I mean, if you try to live by the decaying standards of the world right now, you don't know what to do. Yeah. You've got to have some kind of North Star, something that guides you. That's right. And honestly, they're trying to take that away, trying to say the scriptures are irrelevant, laws are irrelevant. Right. And um, and you know, I don't know what I don't know how society is going to handle that. Yeah. yeah. But I know in the body of Christ, we've got to start practicing what we really believe because that's where we'll find our stability. That's right. That's right. Well, our time is up, Rocky. But uh, I think everyone can tell from the fire in your belly that uh, you're back <laughs> and uh, you're you're back in action. So uh, a, li a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm glad you're balanced and you're giving yourself some time to rest too. Yeah. That's good. So, but anyway, glad to have you back. Thank brother. you. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been the Influencers Network podcast, and uh, we release one of these once a week. And uh, you can find more editions of the Influencers Network podcast on our website, influencers.org, on our podcast page, uh, or anywhere that you listen to podcasts, Apple or Google, Spotify, they're all out there as well. So anyway, I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, and I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.